Are you looking for the magic to make your life truly count? Do you want the secret formula to make every day your best day yet? Hello, and welcome to the Finishing on Fire radio show. And now, here are your show hosts, Dave Wadsworth and Greg Vance. We are talking about our relationships with our children. And um, most people out there, they do have children and um, they're blessed or they have uh, maybe siblings that have children that they deal with. But uh, either way, uh, I think um, we can learn a lot from our children, but uh, we want to talk about uh, our, our just that relationship and how special it is and how important it is in our lives. And uh, just a just, uh, pretty neat subject, I think. Um, it really makes our lives uh, worthwhile uh, when we interact with our children and, and, and learn and grow together. And, uh, and, and we're talking about our book, Finishing on Fire, uh, on Amazon, number one bestseller, Finishing on Fire. And mm -hmm. it, the subtitle is Live Your Legacy of Purpose, Passion, and Prosperity. And, um, and we're going to talk about children. and, and in the book here on page uh, 141, we talk about targeting, and I want to, uh, to mention that because when I talk about targeting, I talk about um, focusing in on the people that really matter in life, okay? And I have a picture of a target, an actual, you know, just a circular target with rings and so forth, mm -hmm. and uh, in the core of that target, the bullseye, okay, the bullseye bullseye of the target should be your spouse, obviously, uh, your parents, if your parents are still alive, and then your children. And those are bullseye people in your life, your, your spouse, parents, and your children, because they are the ones that are the core of, of your life. And of course, uh, next episode, we'll be talking about our siblings as a next ring out and then also our friends in the in the, the third ring or second ring out so anyway but yeah there you are perfect bullseye our children are bullseye so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that that's perfect because you know you think about the ways in which <clears throat> so we mentioned our parents we mentioned our spouse we mentioned our children and the way that we want to um we want to influence one another in such a positive way, whether it's our parents on us, our spouse on us, or us on our children. Sometimes our children influence us in positive ways too, right? <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Glenda and I were just laughing yesterday about um, we spent, uh, we had lunch with our granddaughter. We took her out uh, since she's only four or going to be four, um, she couldn't take us. So we took her out for lunch <laughs> and uh, she said something really funny. Oh, here's what it is. It's, it's, um, she has these little sayings and, and they're funny. And, and, and we were playing with her in the backyard one day. And she said, um, she said, Gigi and Papaw, let's take a shady break. And so she'd go over in the shade and sit down and she wanted a shady break. And I'd never heard that before, a shady break. That's pretty cool. It's a good idea. She thinks like I do, you know, get in the shade where it's cooler. But, uh, but yesterday, you know, her parents, some kids, some children are this way. And, and Greg, as we talk, you may have, uh, you know, kids that are this way, if you remember, but they don't want to change abruptly. They, they want, if they're in the middle of something, they want a little bit of a heads up. 
that, hey, it's going to be time to leave. You know, mm. uh, you got another five minutes to, to finish playing or, or finish up. And then we're going to ha- we're going to have to leave or, or, you know, we're going to have supper or whatever. Just a uh-huh. little bit of warning. And so <laughs> Brooke and Adam, what they would do, they'd say, uh, OK, Harper, we're going to set the timer. You know, we've got 10 minutes and you could play for 10 more minutes and then we're going to have to go. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, so yesterday, Glenda and I, we had lunch, and then they had this little playground there at this uh, Mexican restaurant. So we went out to the playground, and Harper's playing, just having a good time. She's meeting new little friends there, and, and it's mm-hmm. great. And uh, Glenda says, now, Harper, we're going to set, set the timer, and because we're going to have to leave here in a little bit. <laughs> and Harper runs up, and she says, well, something about um, – uh, set it for a lot of minutes. <laughs> it wasn't specific. It was a lot of minutes. <laughs> so anyway, she knew that she wanted to keep on playing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're, we're a little bit similar with that. My, my wife, Sherry, has reminded me that even though when my daughter sets the timer for our granddaughter, it could be two minutes, 20 minutes or two hours. If she's in the smack in the middle of doing something that she's focused on, that with her personality, you kind of got to let her just get that little next bit done and then she's fine. <laughs> but if you tear yeah. her away in the middle of it, oh, what a battle. <laughs> oh, my that's fun. You know, and we're all different. We're all kind of unique. And, uh, yeah. and as we, we raise children, um, of course, you have um, a daughter and a son. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and of course, daughters and sons are different, but even, uh, you know, multiple daughters or multiple sons, everybody's different. And, exactly. <laughs> and so their personalities, just uh, their interests, everything. And, uh, and it's funny, um, it's funny, Adam, our son, he always liked to be, uh, you know, you know, he liked playing games or reading books and stuff like that where Sarah, our daughter, she was pretty adventuresome. She's more like me. She wanted to be outdoors, you know, <laughs> running around in the woods or playing around the lake, you know, catching fish or frogs or turtles, you know, and that was her thing. And it, it was kind of funny how each child is different. And so you need to work with that and, and have that flexibility, you know, with, with them because, you know, they have, they have different uh, levels of, of, um, interest or patience or or whatever it might be so (laughs) yeah that is that is a tough one we as parents um uh especially if you're (laughs) you know if if you're the the mom or the dad and you're home with two or three or however many kids you've got and you're trying to get them all herded in the same direction you tend to treat them all the same way and we lose really quickly that they're individuals and they don't respond the same way to the same messages just as you wouldn't or I wouldn't you know to the same message probably yeah yeah you're you're exactly right and and you know as parents we always want the best for our children yes and so we need to really focus and and pay attention to what is the best for each one and I and I just think that's so important that we um we get so distracted that we, we, sometimes we just need to step back and say, wait a minute with this, this daughter or with this son, what is the best for them in this situation? You know, how do we treat them? And I'm not saying favoritism or I'm not saying, uh, you know, 
you love one more than the other, they're just different. And, and so I think we need to uh, look at them differently and just um, uh, help them grow and develop, you know, uh, within mm -hmm. their, their zone of genius, so to speak, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So I think you've got another quote from the book, too, that you wanted to cover, right? Um, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> 102. Okay, let me let me find this. Okay, page 102. This is talking about, um, this is a quote I come up, up with years ago. Now, I may have heard it from somebody or one of the books I read. I don't know, but I believe it's from me. <laughs> <laughs> so when I wrote it in the book here, uh, I wrote it, you know, as a quote from me. But anyway, the quote is, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Too little of a good thing is a bad thing. And, uh, and, I, and I give the example here, like uh, too much uh, or too uh, much salt will make you immediately gag and vomit. You know, you just, you know, too much salt on, on, a, on a certain dish or too little or no salt will leave life bland and unnecessarily weak. And I think that's, that's the lesson we're trying to teach our children, right. uh, you know, uh, balance and, and moderation and, and um, working within some limits, you know, mm -hmm. that, that you don't want too much of a certain thing or a good thing, even though it's good, you can get too much of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we talked about a couple of principles before we got on here and, and recording and we went to our uh, twin Andes for some <laughs> for some wisdom <laughs> you pulled out an andy andrews and i pulled out an andy stanley you want to go first with yours yeah thanks greg uh, the um andy andrews you know of course he's one of my favorite authors and i just love love him and his value system and uh one thing i've heard him quote over and over again he says we are not raising children we are raising independent adults and I really like that because, you know, we, we talk about, you know, we, we focus in on the kids and, you know, they're mm -hmm. learning and so forth, but we got to remember the end game. Okay. What is it that we want? Uh, you know, when we have raised these children, well, we want them to be independent, fully functioning, happy adults. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really what our goal is. And so I think every day, um, even though we don't think about them being adults, I think we need, as we teach them lessons and interact with them, we have that in mind that, hey, this is something that will help them, you know, step by step by step become a very uh, happy, healthy, and wise adult. And, and really, that's, that's what we're raising. I love that about Andy Andrews. He's always a, such a, a forward thinker and a, and a very grounded thinker. And so that's why I really like the, this quote and, and what he's talking about here. Yeah, I do too. That really, uh, really helps you to, you know, as they say, uh, Stephen Covey would say, you know, begin with the end in mind. And so yeah. that's really, you know, you're not, you're not trying to get a eighth grader or a 12th grader, you know, maybe along the way, but ultimately you're trying to get this independent adult. So I think that's a really good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So you've got another Andy you want to quote, Greg? Who's who's yeah. your Andy? Tell us yeah, about my him. my Andy is Andy Stanley, um, very very wise um, pastor. Read a lot of his books, and this is a um, a principle that I don't suppose Andy's listening, but if he is, he would 
probably say that I'm going to butcher it up a little bit, but it's from a, <laughs> <laughs> it's from a, it's a principle I heard him talk about in a podcast. Oh my gosh. So many years ago, probably 15 years ago or so. And I wish that I had learned this when my children were younger, but I think I learned it in time to maybe, to maybe help. But anyway, um, he talks about a principle of parenting and visualizing it as a rope, which you think about that and you go like, what, what's that mean? (laughs) But uh, the way to envision it is um, you've got to, as we were just talking and it relates to what you were using in your quote there is that you've got to know your each individual child specifically what they need, what their personality, their talents, their skills, their decision-making and all that. And so what he says is you have to know how quickly or how slowly to let out the rope for each child. So if you let it out too fast and they're not ready for it, you could have some mishaps, some disasters. If you don't let it out fast enough and they're eager to move forward and you're just pulling them in holding them back, you know, that can be equally as damaging as well to them. So you've got to really be testing and thinking and, and really considering um, your child and how quickly you let them gain responsibility uh, how quick, what kind of decisions they're able to wrestle with and to make, and just how much wisdom they have. And of course, you know, along the way, hopefully you're teaching them, providing them information to get them ready for the next stage where you can let some more rope out. And so just one of those visual things that once I heard it, it was like, wow, that really stuck with me all these years. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'd never really heard that uh, from him or anybody really. And, and I like that because um, we just so many times, and that's a part of focusing on the individual child mm-hmm. and, and, and that being an everyday thing. It, it's something that we need to focus and say, okay, in this particular instance, how much rope do I give them? You know, do I give them right. enough? <laughs> we used to talk about give them enough rope to hang themselves. Well, we don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> but we want to give them enough rope that, that maybe they skin their knees and they learn a lesson right. uh, and, and remember that lesson. Or, uh, you know, but if you don't give them enough rope, it's like riding the bike. You know, at some point, you, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, it, they had the training wheels on, mm-hmm. on their bike. And then we took off the training wheels and we'd hold on to the seat and, and hold them upright, you know, and then they right. would walk and wiggle and go. And at some point, you got to let go of the seat and, and you got to let them go and, and they're going to have to do their thing. And, you know, they're going to crash and burn, but uh, right. uh, you just have to know when to let go of that seat. And, and, uh, and that rope is a great analogy. I really, really like that. I think that's a very, very wise thing to think about and, and, uh, and use, you know, implement with your children. Exactly. So I know we were going to talk a little bit about kind of, what it takes from a commitment perspective to, you know, to raise a child up and such. And I know you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about in regard to lessons. Yeah, I think um, the lessons, there's so many different lessons. I know one, and, and I had to hear my notes here. Um, the, um, 
this was from Jim Rome. We talked about an apple a day. You know, yeah. an apple a day is a good thing. Okay. It, it, you know, if you remember, they say an apple a day helps keep the doctor away. And, and that's where our lessons are every day, every day, every day. And Jim Rohn talks about, you know, yeah, an apple a day is fine. But if you forget, you know, to eat the apple and, and, and say you go nine days, you don't turn around and say, oh, my, I forgot, you know, to eat my apple a day. And then you eat nine apples on one day in one day. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You're going to get a bad tummy ache and some other problems. And, and, and that's the way with our children. We, we need to every day look for opportunities to, to teach them and, and to help them learn and grow and, not, and, and, and feed them an apple a day, what's healthy for them every day. And don't wait a week or two weeks and then all of a sudden just, just blast them with, you know, nine or ten lessons you know, that they, uh, they need point. to learn. Yeah. You just don't want to do that because it's not healthy for them. Uh, <clears throat> mentally, physically, emotionally, you're going to mess them up and, and they're just not going to get it. But every day, just look for those opportunities to, to share with them and, and stop and say, Hey, now, wait a minute, you know, here, here's the lesson in this, you know, and be creative about it. You know, how you help them learn and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and always do it in love. Always uh, do it with respect and kindness, um, and and sometimes you need to be very firm, but but always show that that love and respect and, and kindness, and let them know that you know this is the way you know these rules are set in place for your good, and right. I always love you no matter what, and and just do it that way. But but it needs to be a daily thing. It can't be something that you save up and then you know eat all eat nine apples in one day. <laughs> <laughs> That is going to be a problem. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good point in that, um, you know, a lot of times and everybody has parented differently over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40, I don't know how many years people may be listening to our podcast, our listener here today. But, you know, one of the things that I think we universally, my wife and I continue to come back to is kids really um, respond well to boundaries mm -hmm. and to, to, and to clear expectations. And if you can make those things, um, very well, very clear, communicate well, it can really help give a, a child a sense of really how they're measuring up, you know, not yeah. that, not that it's all performance and all that, but yeah. you know, there's certain boundaries that can be really helpful. Um, and I think the other thing we were going to talk about here briefly was that related to that is your your kids are always watching you <laughs> yeah and, and that and it's what it's what you do not what you say and so I think as we as parents and you've probably done this as well I can think back and think about well maybe I sent some conflicting messages once in a while yeah you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about my kids and I, and I told Adam this here a while back. I told him, I said, you know what? I said, you need to be careful because obviously, you know, uh, your daughter is watching everything you do. And mm -hmm. no matter what you say, she's really watching you. And so I told him, I said, don't ever do anything that you wouldn't want your daughter to do. Mm. And, and just pretend that she's watching you all the time, because <laughs> if, if you're near her, she is watching you. And she's picking up those those uh, habits and, and, and what you say. I, I remember the joke. 
this is kind of a bad joke. Um, not bad, bad, but it's uh, the guy that um, he, he was just bragging and saying, you know what? He says, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't cuss. And, <laughs> and something happened. And he turned around. And he says, and he, he goes, blankety blank. He says some bad where he says, I just left my cigarettes at the bar. <laughs> like okay wait a minute didn't you just say you don't drink smoke and cuss <laughs> yeah but our children are watching what we're doing not not what we're saying right you know our words yeah they're important they, they're very important but let me tell you your actions really speak louder than your words and right. be careful that uh that you're sending out the right message and and that you're teaching them uh, every day, you know, how to act and how to respond in certain situations. Uh, right. You know, you, you talk about traffic, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble on this one. Uh, maybe my wife won't listen. But yesterday we were driving Harper home from the uh, from lunch and we were headed back to their houses only maybe half a mile. <laughs> and, and Glenda, she pulls up at the stoplight and then she needs to get in the other lane, but she thinks, okay, well, I'll just go ahead through the stoplight when we take off and I'll speed up a little bit and I'll get over, you know, and then I can turn up here, you know, and, right. uh, and she made, she went across the intersection and then she's going to, uh, you know, a little bit and, and somebody in front of her kind of turned funny. So she, she kind of darted over to the other lane and <laughs> I said, whoa, and Harper in the back seat, she says, Gigi, I think you need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, I think she was back there. <laughs> she was watching this little goofy movie thing on the phone. It was funny. And then all of a sudden she just says that. And it's like, oh, she, yeah, she's already telling Gigi that she needs to slow down. That was so funny because you, you think they're not watching you. But my goodness, they, exactly. <laughs> they are. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Hilarious. So. <laughs> well, so I know you're uh, you're a um, excellent student of history, and you're going to share us a little thing about um, George Washington Carver with us. Yeah. Well, Greg, you know it goes back actually to uh, Andy Andrews mm -hmm. and all his books, and he has so many good <laughs> historical. Um, uh, references and stories about people and one of the things that he has in his, his story uh, in his different books he talks about the life of George Washington Carver mm -hmm. who is just an amazing amazing man who lived here in America and who who really had a huge influence and um, and you talk about relationship between um, parents and children um, what he did that his very survival was based on um, his basically adopted parents, really, uh, Moses and Susan Carver. Uh, actually, they were in Missouri, a little area called Diamond, Missouri, and they um, not too far from uh, Joplin area. And okay. they, um, what had happened, they were in a slave state at the time. And it was during the Civil War and all this. And what had happened, um, they didn't believe in slavery, but they, uh, they had bought um, Mary Carver, Mary Washington, you know, uh, and had her and her two boys as, as slaves 
um, to protect them. And they, they just treat them like family. They, they had a little cabin there, uh, right there on, on their place, on their farm and stuff and everything. And they just, and they were best friends and they really were, but, but there was a group of, um, what they called the Quantrills Raiders who would come through and burn barns and burn houses and torture people. And they would, uh, take the slaves, uh, or, or, you know, any of the slaves and they would try to, and they would just, they were mean mm -hmm. and they would rob and loot and, and do all kinds of stuff. And they, one night they came through and they took Mary Washington and little George and George, and they, he was just an, uh, just a baby. And, uh, Moses Carver and Susan, they sent out immediately and found where they could meet up and, and, and recover, and, and get and barter and get George back. But Mary had been killed. Apparently she was gone, but, but they used their last horse on the farm to get to ransom and get little baby George back. Mm -hmm. And, and the story is that they, he was in a, just a, a burlap bag middle of the night. It was freezing cold and they just threw him uh, over to, to George or to Moses Carver and, and he took the little baby out and he was nearly dead. He was uh, frozen and just, you know, sickly. And he put him inside his shirt and inside his coat uh, up against his skin. And they, he walked for hours back home uh, to get him home. And then they nursed him back to health and he survived, which is a miracle. But that little George grew up to be uh, what they called a plant doctor. He was so interested in, in uh, plants and actually, uh, Andy Andrews talks about him really being responsible for uh, the saving the lives of nearly two billion people on the planet. Wow. Uh, and in a roundabout way, that's what really happened. It's just an amazing story, but it all started with the love of, of parents. And these, these were adopted parents because his mother was killed and he was actually a slave baby, technically, in the world. But they took him and they raised him and they treated him as their own. And if they hadn't have done that, you know, the ripple effect would have been huge. And so um, it just it's amazing what impact we have on our children and what impact they will have on the world. And we have no idea. But uh, I don't know if we have time for the story for me to go into how that all came about or not. Do we have a little bit of time, Greg? Yeah, go ahead. Do it. <laughs> there's some hesitationary he's thinking oh my gosh he's gonna get wound up. Uh, <laughs> what happened? Andy Andrews talks about the story of he was listening to the news he was in a hotel room one day and the news came on big broadcast and they have the person of the week and they mentioned the person of the week this week is um is Norman Borlaug and um, and this was back in 04, and, and Andy's like, wow, I didn't even know he was still alive, but I'm like, who is this guy? Hmm. Well, he actually was a um, agronomy and, and, and agriculture scientist who would uh, breed uh, corn and wheat, and, and he was in charge of a um, experiment station down in Mexico uh, that was, was put uh, in place uh, to, to breed uh, hybrid corn and hybrid wheat uh, for arid climates. And so it could grow and thrive in uh, very, very uh, arid climates like, you know, desert areas and so forth. And through that, it was spread all over the world. And, and from, you know, from Africa to uh, Asia, uh, to, to Siberia, uh, everywhere. And that, and through his hybrid um, wheat and, and, and corn, 
it actually fed and and um, saved nearly two billion people is what they credited him with. And I believe he won a, a Nobel Peace Prize actually for what he had done. Wow! But he had done the work. But the reason he was in place was because of a man named Henry Wallace. And Henry Wallace had been the Secretary of Agriculture for the United States, and then he became Vice President under uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And um, and so he he had served under him for one term, but while he was there. He was the one that authorized and set up the experiment station in Mexico for uh, Norm Ro um, Borlaug to run and do the work. So Henry Wallace was the key man to get that going. And, and so they give him credit for, for saving the, the two billion people. But then the story goes back and it's like, well, was it really Henry Wallace that saved the two billion people? And the story goes that um, when Henry Wallace was a little boy, um, uh, a student there at Iowa State University, okay, had a dairy sciences professor, and his young boy was Henry Wallace, and George Washington Carver was that student, and he would take little, little uh, Henry Wallace uh, out on Saturday mornings, and they would go on these botanical expeditions where they would collect plants and different uh, species and specimens, and they right. would study them. And he taught little Henry uh, the value of plants and all the uses they could, they could have and how important they were for mankind. And because of that, those early lessons and little Henry, he learned the value of that. And then when he was in power, um, he continued that on and started this, this uh, experiment station and all this. And so then you look back to, to George Washington Carver as the one who actually probably should get credit you know, for mm -hmm. saving two billion people. And and the story goes back even to, to his parents, you know, Susan and Moses Carver, who actually saved that little baby and how close he was to death. Wow. And if, if he had died, okay, that chain would have been broken and what what would have happened. And so it's so it goes all back to parents and children. Uh, teaching lessons and learning and, and growing and making the best of every day, which I talk about so much in my book, Finishing on Fire, every day, make it your best day. And whoever you're interacting with, whether it's your children um, or your grandchildren, but the lessons you're teaching them, it's, it's so critical. And, and this is just a story that, that I like to tell because it talks about that, that ripple effect mm -hmm. of, of what you do today and each day and, and how important that can be you have no idea you really you really don't so I, I just I love that story so <laughs> yeah I love that story I've heard parts of that before but you did a really good job of tying them all together <clears throat> and I love the way that uh, Andy Andrews researches those and figures out some of those pivotal points where things you know could have gone in a yeah. completely different direction and you know things could have um, taken years decades centuries to, to to happen so yeah thanks yeah. for that yeah uh, i appreciate you being patient let me <laughs> tell about it <laughs> well i'm going to put you back on the spot now because uh if you're a regular the person listening today if you're a regular listener we're going to switch over to wadzi's world and that's where we dave has this um uh, miraculous ability to have um, a myriad of encounters with animal life 
and to live to tell about some of the <laughs> some of the <laughs> both uh, amazing and ridiculous stories that he has. And now it's time for Wadsey's World. Yes, Dave Wadsworth's true life animal stories. So, <laughs> well, we're so we're going to pick a number, and today's number is thirty nine. And he's going to go right. over 30. to his magic list and tell us what that is. Oh, I, I keep forgetting. I don't know the number. Okay. 39 is pigeons. Okay. So <laughs> I've got to pigeons. tell What can a pigeon do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a pigeon story. Um, I've got different pigeon stories. Probably one of my favorites is <laughs> you're going to love this one. Um, years ago, we took a family trip uh, when our kids were probably um, – Adam was probably uh, 12. Sarah was probably nine, I guess, somewhere in there. And uh, we, we got a chance. We had a, a lady at church who was a good friend of ours, travel agent. And we set up a trip and went to Hawaii. Hmm. Uh, and it was over Thanksgiving. It was neat. And, and we, <laughs> one of the things we did, we were, we were uh, not well off. So we, we got us bus passes. So we could get on a bus, the, the uh -huh. metro, and we could go sightseeing. And we pay, I don't know what it was. It was like two bucks a day per person. It was really cheap. And, uh, and so we had the bus schedule and all that. And it would take you, we went out to Diamond Head and we went to like, um, oh, um, went to uh, Pearl Harbor, you know, just different places all around the island. It was great. It was awesome. Well, <laughs> one morning we were going down to get on the bus and um, we were standing there out in front of the hotel. And, um, and all of a sudden I felt something and it, it, it kind of went down my back and uh -oh. it was a weird sensation. It was really a weird sensation. Well, one thing about Hawaii, they have lots of pigeons. I don't know where they come from, but they're <laughs> up in these, these big palm trees. And I, I said, Glenda, I believe this pigeon just nailed me oh. in the back. And she's like, uh-oh. So I turn around and we're sitting there waiting on the bus and it's going to be here any minute now. So I turn around and she's like, oh, Dave, it is, it was, it was like that, that pinch had been waiting for a week just to bomb me because it was <laughs> bad. It was massive. And she's like, oh my gosh, there's no way we can clean this off. She says, you got to put on a new shirt, you know? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the bus will be here any minute. You know, of course, then I'm thinking, I don't want to wear around, you know, pigeon poop all day. You know? Right, right. So, yeah. so I, had, I had to run upstairs, get a new shirt, change real quick and run back down. And we barely, we caught the bus. And we were very lucky to do that. But, but that pigeon, oh my gosh, that dude, you'd have thought he had just planned this whole bomb uh, sequence. And he just, it went right down my back and it kind of hit just uh, around my shoulder blade. And it just kind of at the right angle and it just, whoo all the way down the back so oh my god needless to say <laughs> that was not uh, a happy pigeon encounter there there's no fun there <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and pigeons are so common they're everywhere and you know especially in cities but you had to go all the way to amazing hawaii to have that encounter <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah you talk about getting dumped on. that, oh that was gosh. ugly I saw, oh my gosh yeah uh. Well, thanks uh, for sharing that, that with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I know one of the things we wanted to talk about in uh, our last lap learning today. 
And now it's time for last lap learning. Um, and by the way, Andy Andrews, we should have you sponsor our episodes. Uh, but I know you had a resource to share uh, that I wasn't <laughs> familiar with. So tell us about that. Yeah, yeah I, and I haven't, um, I haven't actually uh, got this resource. I've, I've heard him talk about it many times, and I have a little bit of knowledge about it. But it's really cool. It's actually, um, I think it's a series of videos, actually. And it's called um, the 100-Year uh, Parenting Online Course. Uh, they've got mm -hmm. the online course, and I think you can actually buy the, the DVDs of it and stuff. And it talks about, you know, raising children. And, and again, it talks about raising independent, um, good, solid adults and mm -hmm. not you're not just raising kids and it talks about hundred year parenting. Well, the effects of what you're doing with your children, the interactions every day, every year of their life is cumulative and it will build up and it will last. And that ripple effect will continue for decades and decades and decades. And so it's critical that you do, um, you, you teach the lessons and you mm -hmm. provide the insights and the wisdom that will uh, be a foundation, a great solid foundation of, of good values uh, for these young people in your life to be solid, productive, happy, independent adults. And I think that's what this whole 100 year parenting uh, program he's got is about. And I would strongly encourage you to check into it if you're raising children now. And uh, you know, I've heard about it several times, but yeah, I think it'd be a great resource for people. Yeah, we got on it. <clears throat> you and I got on there and looked at that before we got on the uh, on our recording here today. And so, yeah, it looks pretty interesting. I wish I uh, had known about it earlier and made use of it. But uh, I think it's definitely like you said, we can't endorse it because we haven't personally been through it. But it looks like it's worthy of checking out for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Everything I've seen of, of Andy, uh, all the books I've read of his, I've uh, read him personally. Uh, he, he did compliment me on my first book. I was so pleased when I, I gave him a copy of my first book and uh, living in the ditch. And, uh, and he looked at the cover of that, you know, there's a big line of us waiting to, you know, and get a picture with him and stuff. And uh, he, he read that, you know, living in the ditch. And then he, he read the subtitle, which was um, one ditch, two boys, 3000 adventures. And he looked at that. And he says, that is really a great subtitle. Yeah. He says, I like that, you know, and I thought, my gosh, this guy is a world renowned uh, author. And he says that about my book. I thought he is either the nicest guy in the world or, or he's, you know, or he's just, you know, I don't know, <laughs> blowing smoke at me. But uh, but he was very sincere. And I thought that is really awesome. He's a guy that I think he said they said one time one of his books is sold every minute of every day throughout the world, all over the world. Uh, wow. There's a book sold of his every minute every minute and i'm thinking well good for him so <laughs> i don't i don't but, doubt that he probably yeah. read he probably read that subtitle and probably said that sounds like something that he would have written <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah that's funny he's matter of fact he has uh the the um what is it called uh the department of veterans affairs who i think that's who it is um they have requested ten thousand books he they want him to donate ten thousand of his books Yep. Uh, the traveler's gift uh, to um, the veterans. What I, I can't remember the name of the, the title of the uh, veterans administration, the VA, 
DA. That's what I guess it's Veterans Administration. That's yeah. who it is. And so he's been, I've been listening to him here and he's been promoting that. And you can actually uh, buy and donate, you know, some of his books, you know, to, you know, it's mm -hmm. like $10 a piece. You can donate one of his books to the Veterans Administration for veterans and their families. And that's a really cool thing. He's, he's such a generous person, uh, really is just a, a neat guy. And, uh, and yeah, anyway, you can, helping that that's a great thing because uh he is always looking to give he just he just wants to help people so you can tell it yeah you're right um i've definitely seen where he um he'll make materials and workbooks free to schools um yeah want to they want to use his books in their curriculum and i think you used to be able to you and i could get on and download some of those materials as well so good stuff yeah yeah yeah, he has given away so much to uh, uh, to schools. Um, I don't know if it's junior high and high school. I don't know if it's um, elementary too or not. But yeah, he is extremely generous with his materials and, and some of his um, uh, different lessons that he's got. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and of course, he's written you know some children's books, right? Uh, all these lessons and stuff, not just for adults. So yeah, yeah, that's really cool. So. Okay, so we were also going to, um, before we got on recording today, we talked about some, for our Manly Movies Moments segment, we talked about some movies, and um, I think the, the winner we we're going to talk about is actually one of yours. And now, it's time for Manly Movie Moments. I've, I've heard of this movie, and I think I've seen part of it, but I've never seen the whole thing, so tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, you've got to watch this. It's funny. And of course, I've always been a Steve Martin fan. He's just goofy and funny. And that's kind of the way I am, too. So <laughs> but he, he started a movie uh, with uh, Bonnie Hunt and it's called Cheaper by the Dozen. And it is hilarious. And uh, they actually have he's a, like a small town college football coach, uh, very successful and and he gets a, a chance to go back to his alma mater and, and, and be a coach at a big time program for a while. And, and um, they have 12 children. And wow. so they call it, you know, cheaper by the dozen. And they have, um, I, do they have a couple sets of twins? I think they do. And they have just all kinds of, and, and it's just, it's quite a family. And, uh, and the interaction between the children, the parents, you know, and, and each of, like we said, totally different. Right. And, and it's just really funny, but, but they treat them all differently. You can see how they all interact differently because uh, they're, they just have different personalities, different interests. And, and it's just really a fun movie. And, and I just, yeah, you need to watch it. it. It's really pretty neat. But he finds out that, you know, when he goes to this big time college program, his alma mater, um, he does okay, but it really messes up the family and the family dynamic, and it just changes everything. And so he's like, no, the family's more important because his wife in this Bonnie Hunt, she's really good in this movie. She she starts, uh, she has a book she wrote, and it's it's she's going on the book tour. You know, they call her up, and, and she goes around to these different shows, you know, Today Show and all that, Good Morning America, whatever. And then they're supposed to have a deal where Oprah, comes over and interviews her at their home. And <laughs> when they've got it set up for Oprah to show up, it's chaos. And the kids have just, you know, things, it just is at the, the tipping point when everything just explodes. And um, Oprah's people are there setting up and they're like, 
no, 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 no. You cannot come over. You stay, you know, this is, this is a mess, you know, and it's not, this is not a big, happy family. It's, it's about to explode and it's awful, but it's just, it's hilarious. And Steve Martin is, is hilarious. He does a great job and just a lot of neat, um, good family friendly humor, but it, it's a good, um, story about families and 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 your children and the parents and, and loving each one and, and and loving them for who they are mm -hmm. and i just i just was really uh and how they come together uh you know as a family you know no matter what they they, they seem to to work things out uh because they're going in so many directions but it was it's a good movie so cheaper by the dozen steve martin and bonnie hunt and bunch of kids hillary duff was one of the girls in there uh she was funny they were just really really good stuff so yeah oh, sounds like a good one i have to check that out i think i've i think i've seen for some reason i've seen pieces of it but never the whole thing so i'll check that out yeah yeah you need to do that so all right well you ready to uh take us out dave with your two minute warning It's time for the two-minute warning. We got a good. I think we got a good one today. Yeah, um, take us out. I like the word. <laughs> that sounds bad, doesn't it? Okay. Um, here's here's what we want to do today. When you're listening to this, this is your takeaway. This is what I want you to do. Uh, this is an immediate call to action, and what what we want you to do. Uh, reach out to your sons and daughters and give them a word of encouragement. Uh, tell them that you love them, uh, that you're proud of them, um, no matter where they're at or what they've done. Reach out to them today. Just do it today and say, hey, I love you. I'm proud of you. Uh, I'm always on your side, mm -hmm. uh, no matter where they're at in life or what they've done. Uh, just let them know that. And, and whether they've been, you know, had a rough time or, or they're doing great, Everybody needs to hear that, especially your children. Do that. Don't ever hesitate to say the kind, encouraging words. But that, that's your, that's your two-minute warning. Do it right now. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're proud of them. Encourage them. And, and just let them know uh, what you think of them. All right? So that's, that's our All warning. Right. All right. Good show. We'll see Good you next show. time. Thank you for listening to the Finishing on Fire radio show. Be sure to visit finishingonfire.com for more great content. Go light your world.